The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. At 306 on the 630 Chet Afternoon News, Dr. Gans Ferenc in studio for another edition of How Does That Make You Feel? Gans, great to see you again. Hey, glad to be here as always. Uh, Brad Whisker, you're going to hang in uh, as my co-host this afternoon and all week long and all next week. We were talking, just Gans, uh, bear with me for no a second. Problem. We were talking about reporting things to Crime Stoppers, and one of our listeners uh, correctly pointed out, I should probably give out the phone number for Crime Stoppers so people can put it in their phones. A great suggestion, and I appreciate it. Uh, the Crime Stoppers phone number is 1 800 222 8477. 1 800 222 8477. If you didn't copy it down in time, uh, just uh, Google when you get home Crime Stoppers Edmonton. You'll see the page and the phone number's there. And to repeat, you don't need to reveal your identity to Crime Stoppers. They don't. Uh, subscribe to call display call trace they don't tape any phone calls so uh, but on the other hand if your information does lead to an arrest you qualify for a cash award up to two thousand dollars and people often ask well if they don't know my name they give you a number Mm -hmm. so you just call in later give your number and if it uh, resulted in an arrest it could be cash in your pocket there you go. There you go. I take a little bit of coin any day, so <laughs> it's, all, it's almost like I want to just be across the street from something that happens, and hopefully it leads to something. Hey, yeah, are you guys going to give me the full two, or is this going to be fifteen hundred? I know you're, you're talking to a guy who's had a hammer in his car for the better part of five years, waiting to see a dog in a back seat. <laughs> Just so that I can break the window. There you go. I know. It just never happens. I always keep an eye out for it. So, Dr. Gantz, mm-hmm. uh, you want to talk stress today and anxiety, which I, you couldn't have picked two better guys to talk to about. <laughs> hey, may, maybe three. So, yeah. you know, it's like... Well, does everybody suffer from stress and anxiety? Well, look, first of all, stress is everywhere. So, we all have stress. Uh, stress is just in the environment. And, and really... really if we don't have stress, we're not really alive. The people in comas are not in stress, or the people that are dead are not in stress. Anybody else that's alive, we got stress. But you know, um, it's how do we handle it, and when does it come become toxic or overwhelming, and when does it move into anxiety and or depression? And you provided four, uh, and I like to try and stick to your <laughs> outline, but you know, we often don't. Sure. <laughs> but with Jalen not here to rein me in, I'm trying to be good about this. So some tips for handling those two things. Well, yeah, you know, look at the, the, the first one is you got to look at your mindset. Okay. Because so part of what creates, well, what moves stress to toxic stress and or, or anxiety or depression is what we, you know, kind of the, um, I guess the standards we have for ourselves sometimes, right? So perfectionism is one of those things that really does us in in terms of anxiety and and stress. When we think we have to perform at a certain level, whatever, and typically it's somewhat arbitrarily defined or or at least externally defined by somebody other than us. And then we look at that and we try to hit that. And then, you know, many of us beat ourselves up when we don't hit it or we get scared if we, you know, what if they find out we haven't hit it or whatever. And so that is, that's a really big one kind of letting go of that sense of I have to be perfect or I have to appear perfect would that go hand in hand with expecting others to be perfect and stressing out that they're not and I'm thinking about you know in terms of everyone tells me I have to delegate responsibility when it Mm -hmm. comes to something like the comedy festival Mm -hmm. but I find that nobody does it the way that I would do it and I don't I'm not saying that the way I do it is perfect, right. but when they do it differently than I would do it, even sometimes with the same results, I really stress out about it. Right. 
Well, that's 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 really still your perfectionism, right? Because you're still looking at I need to have this thing that I'm in charge of go in a certain way, and because I'm familiar with how this runs, I think it should be done this way. You may be right, or you may not be right, right? But there's that expectation that that's it, and so so kind of going into it and saying, okay, well, if I if I delegate this. What's going to happen? Do you know what I mean? Are they going to do it this way? And what does that mean for all the stuff that's going to be downstream from that? Um, you know, typically when I work with um, business people, right, um, I, I, we talk about this because that's that's when businesses are growing from sort of the mom and pop to the bigger stage. You you know, the, the owner can't do everything anymore. They have to delegate in order to grow or else they implode and just kind of get small again or maybe even go out of business. But what one of the things that, um, you know, the research says is just be prepared to have maybe a 25% drop in efficiency or effectiveness when you delegate something. Yikes. I know, right? <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> right? when, when we talk about stress and anxiety, it's often related to, to teenagers and uh, adults. Uh, but you talk about perfectionism, to me, it can start at a young age because oh, yeah. when you go to school and you yeah. enter grade school in grade one, your parents and any parent would be this way. They want mm-hmm. you to be at the top of your class, mm-hmm. doing well on your tests and your studies. And I think the common perception is, oh, well, kids can't have that that sense of per- perfectionism at such a young age. Oh, but sure they can. that has to start at a very young oh, age, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it definitely can start at a very young age. I mean, we have a lot of very nervous kids now, but, you know, <laughs> kids don't know when something's wrong because all they know is this is what I'm living and it's just sort of their regular everyday life. So it just sort of, um, they just live it, right? But, you, you know, parents, we can look at the kids and we can see if they are, like with really young kids, if they're more clingy, right? or if they are acting up or not following directions or if they have a hard time sleeping they're getting up a lot of, in the night to come and you know cuddle or whatever they have a hard time staying staying asleep or if there's like bedwetting a lot of times when kids first start school or have something happen at school there's there's a regression that happens with with some of that stuff right so you really want to look at that and and you're, you're right Brad it's like there is this kind of expectation that the kids will perform at a certain level I try when I, you know, working with parents, really try to let them see that it, you know, it's, it's not really about the grades, especially at those young ages. It's really about can the kid learn to enjoy school, can they learn to socialize, can they learn the life skills? Because here's the other part of this, right? I mean, a, a lot of us have grown up with this idea that we have to. Um, uh, perform at a certain level in order to be successful. But what the research shows is that it's it's um, it's more the emotional intelligence skills that are the ones that make people far more successful than, say, grades or IQ or any of that other stuff. So what do parents do in those situations you know they're feeling like their child is falling behind mm-hmm. and then they see their child wetting the bed or, mm-hmm. or not sleeping well mm-hmm. or being down on themselves and not creating that circle of friends that mm-hmm. every child should be doing at that young age what do they encourage their children to do or what should parents do in those situations well i think i think letting the kids know that they are loved regardless of their performance that's a really really important thing across the you know i don't care if your kid is 60 years old right <laughs> so it's really good for the for the parents to know for the kid to to know that about the parents but especially young kids look it doesn't matter what grades you get it doesn't matter what you do at school it doesn't matter what grades you get on the test we love you 
your behavior, your performance is separate than who you are, than, than your identity. And so you are good. Now let's work on getting your grades good or let's get your performance good. Okay. So right. separating those two things, behavior is not identity. Those two things are separate. So that's, that's step one. Then two, helping them to know that, you know, when you relax and have fun. So trying to find the fun in whatever activity is, whether it's, you know, sports that somebody's, you know, kind of getting uptight about or grades or whatever it is. What is the fun in this? What, what, what do you like about school? What, what is fun about, you know, grade two? What do you, what do you like about your teacher? What are your, your you know, who are your classmates you like to hang out with, right? Let's talk about that and get them to find the fun and the joy in what they're doing because then, you know, it's like the rest of us. When we enjoy what we do and we have passion for it, we typically do better. But, you know, the opposite also is also true. When we get really stressed about stuff, even, you know, and, oh, man, this is really important. I got to really do it. Ah! And then we get super tight and we don't do well at all. And then, you know, that turns into a vicious cycle where we beat ourselves up and then our performance gets worse and they say, oh, we'll see, I knew what's what was wrong with me and then we just kind of go down that uh down that circle Gans, you, you're causing me stress right now <laughs> that's not the usual effect but. it is not the usual effect because of for all these months and perhaps mm. even years i don't even know how long you've been coming here you've never said a damn thing that i thought potentially i would disagree with okay and i think we may have found that all place, right but maybe not i just want to ask you then because given that you're saying listen the grades are not as important mm. as the uh you know emotional well-being of the child and uh participation in sports and what do you like? So here's my question. What about giving out zeros in school? What about the concept of everybody gets an award? Yeah, I'm not in favor of that. Okay, good. We're good. <laughs> We're good. No, I don't, I don't believe in that. So I you believe don't believe in, in like feedback. artificially no, bolstering no, no, confidence? No, absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely. Listen, confidence comes from competence. Right? If you're not competent, you're not going to be confident. I don't care how much smoke you want to blow up the kid's butt or whatever, right? You ha they have to perform. And when you get grades or some sort of feedback, it's feedback. It's important. If I fail a class, I fail. Okay, so now I got to do something different. But that has nothing to do with who I am. Hmm. Or who the child is, right? Like, but but that says something very important about what my strategy is, right? My strategy needs to change. I might need to study more. I might need to get some extra help. I might need to do whatever. That has nothing to do with who you are. But let's step it up. Okay, so let me ask you another question then, related mm -hmm. to school. You know, once you get beyond the parenting, I <laughs> I have to fight the urge to stay there the whole afternoon because sure. I'm, inter I'm I'm interested. Absolutely, and it's um, important stuff too. It is important stuff, mm -hmm. and and it it sets the table for the rest of your life, right? Your mm -hmm. childhood, now absolutely. And, you know how you perceive it to have been. So let's say that a child is stressed out over the over a teacher they have. We're talking mm -hmm. grade two or grade three. They just don't like their style. There's, there's something intimidating about them. Whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. um, should you as a parent solve that problem? Should you go to the school and say, listen, I need to get my child out of that class and in another class? I mean, at what point is yeah. concerned parenting become helicopter or, you know, is that what they call it? Helicopter yeah, parenting? Helicopter yeah, helicopter parenting. Uh, so that's a tough one. And I think it depends on the child's age, uh, their maturity, and also sort of like what the issue is. So we all, uh, hopefully we know our children. So we kind of get a sense of if they're generally complainy or if they're mm. more robust than that, right? Um, but I tell you, you know, uh, my daughter, she was coming to me. She, she loved, you know, kindergarten. She had a lovely time. She was really excited to go to school. She went to grade one and she wouldn't go. She didn't want ago and she cried all the time she was mm -hmm. having a really hard time and it turned out we didn't know this till years later but the teacher was like be really picking on her and abusing her we didn't know and so we let it go and we let it go because she was you know six or whatever so she couldn't explain it right so i do think for the younger kids we have to take that really seriously if there's something that they're not 
enjoying about school when they typically have enjoyed it before, or if you know they generally like people and they're having a hard time, then we then something's going on, and so I think it's worth investigating. And that's that behavior uh, that you would notice, right? The right. bedwetting, the anxiety, right. the not sleeping. Yep, exactly, exactly. All right, we have to take a, a quick break. Sell some products. Uh, when we come back, we'll get to the second of four ways to beat anxiety and stress with Dr. Gansferens. Afternoon news. I am Brad Whisker filling in for Jalen Nye, who's off for the next week and a half with Andrew Gross and Dr. Gans Ferentz. We're talking about four ways to beat anxiety and stress. We had knocked off point number one, which was train your brain. Number two, eat well and eat often. Yeah. That's something that, what, 95% of people could probably do better. I know personally I mm-hmm. could. Um, dealing with anxiety, stress, and depression myself, mm-hmm. I do find that when I I work out and then eat mm-hmm. proper meals throughout the day. Man, it makes you feel good. Don't kidding, hey? <laughs> for, for me, I have actually built a personal maintenance schedule for myself, just like for my car, where I know, okay, I got to get this much sleep, I got to eat this often, I got to have this much water. Here's what works for me physically, and here's what doesn't work for me physically. And what I've noticed over the you know 50-some years that I've been doing this is that uh, yeah, when I don't follow the maintenance schedule, bad stuff happens. Hmm. And I'm more irritable. Uh, I see, th- I, I don't see things objectively. I see things through whatever glasses I happen to be wearing, emotional glasses I happen to be wearing in that moment. And then I usually dig the hole deeper, unfortunately, right? So, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I found that fitness even more so than food, personally. Mm-hmm. And I know everyone's different. Mm-hmm. But just that sense of, I've gone to the gym, mm-hmm. I've committed an hour or 90 minutes or less, whatever suits that typical person. 90 90 minutes? (laughs) We'll get you there. (laughs) (laughs) But just that that feeling of accomplishment Mm -hmm. when you leave and you feel like, you know what, I've done something with my day because work is routine. To me, eating it should be routine for most people. And finishing your day is part of that routine. But doing that something extra and Mm -hmm. not just going out to a movie, going Mm -hmm. out for dinner or going on a date with your significant other, going and doing something that is a little bit outside of that routine helps you immensely. Oh, yeah, huge. And, 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 you know, working out is so... You get so much bang for your buck with that, right? While you're working out, you're not focused on whatever other stuff is cluttering up your brain, so you get a break from that. But then you also are driving oxygen and endorphins to your brain, so that just helps you to be more effective, more efficient, and lifts your mood. But you know, there's something else that we don't often think of. When you do something for yourself, like working out on a regular basis, you have now done something. You've now made an impact in your own life directly then that's something you could see so right there's away. a control there's uh, a control yeah. yes absolutely mm-hmm. so so there's a sense of control a sense of of I've I, I, I'm mastering my own life and that is something that is so important for us to feel to help us to stay stable and calm that's very interesting right? because there's that aspect of it uh, that I'm taking control of something yep. that I can control but it's also uh, you have measurable results yep when you're talking about eating well and exercising you can step on that scale and 
and say, I took control of something and I got results for mm-hmm. it. I, I can see if that would be extremely healthy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and not even, and you know, whether the scale reflects it every day or not, right? The fact is you did it. You, you, yep. I said I'm going to do it and I did it and I finished it and I accomplished it, right? And we know, we know this stuff is good for us. So when we do that, we know that not only we're doing something physically good, but we're doing something healthy for our bodies. Yeah. And in that sense, I, like I've, I've yet to see in my years of doing this, I've yet to see somebody who feels like they're in control of their lives, who feels anxious and depressed. It's, I, I haven't met one yet, hmm. right? And I know what I feel like I'm in control and I'm moving in the right direction. I feel pretty good. There's one thing I wanted to get your opinion on, mm-hmm. uh, connecting to, to working out and that sort of thing. And, and this is something I found I had to change was... I needed to stop looking at my email, and if I got a text or a phone call, to just ignore it, because that is part oh, of yeah. your day-to-day life, especially mm-hmm. in our business, Andrew. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You always want to be connected, and so does everyone, really, yeah. at the end of the day, right? But it took me a couple of weeks to really say, you know what? Mm-hmm. You don't need that right now. Not in that moment. Not in yeah. that moment. Mm-hmm. I'm doing something that benefits me. Yeah. These text messages or emails or phone calls are only going to distract me. Do you feel that... People need to learn, especially in that sense of working out, to just mm-hmm. really put the phone down and focus on what you're doing to feel better. Yes, is a short answer for that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, generally, what whatever we're doing, we need to be focused on what we're doing because that that is one of the best ways to deal with one one, one of the really strong ways to b- deal with stress is to focus on where you are while you're there and not be distracted. Every time we get distracted, um, there's something called uh, um, a switching cost. Right? We tend to to think we can do like multitasking. I'm doing this, mm-hmm. I'm doing that, and all this other stuff. It's not true. Like even computers, it's a computer term. Multitasking is a computer term. But for the computer, it just means when I'm not using information or my system for this, I can use it for that. But there's still a switching cost even for computers, but it's really big for us humans. And so if we're doing something, especially something healthy like working out or going for a walk in nature or whatever, we really want to be focused on that so we can actually get the benefit of it. Isn't that interesting? Because think about uh, people who've made a rule in their house mm-hmm. that uh, you can only smoke in the garage. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, I've had that rule in my house before. Mm-hmm guess what? It cut down on my smoking mm-hmm. because I had to make the mental decision yeah. that I'm going to the garage to have a smoke. Mm-hmm. But the same would hold true for your mental health. If you were to say, you know what? The back deck is a, a, a phone zone free area. Yep. So when I go out onto the back deck, mm-hmm. the phone may not come with me. Just mm-hmm. like I can't smoke in the house, it has to be in the garage. That's a great strategy. I, I think that is a good strategy. Yeah. Just, you know what? Because it's nice, pleasant, outdoor beautiful place that's a calming influence and mm-hmm. it's all destroyed yeah. if you bring that stress out with oh yeah you. well listen this well actually that's number four is talking about talking yeah. about this the, the other stuff right. but we'll oh, get into I it now all right. but it's because because you know what particularly well you know maybe we'll get into it after because we gotta wrap yeah we up, have so. to wrap here for <laughs> this yeah i'll, I'll tell you all about right that we'll hold that break. thought uh we'll take a break for your news headlines we've uh, trained your brain we've eaten well and we've exercised and uh i've accidentally led us to number four put the phone down the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.